so much for joining the podcast, No Hesitations, and listening in to all of our entrepreneurial stories. I'm really excited today to have Lindsay from Lindsay's Culinary Market. Lindsay and I met a couple of years ago when she asked us to design her new market. She moved from the normal town area to downtown Athens, and it was a huge transition for her. And we designed this really cute kind of French-inspired market amazing. She's a chef. She was trained in France and she makes the best food you've you've had. It's just delicious homemade goodness. So today we have her here on the podcast and I'm so excited for her to share her amazing story and the journey into making her downtown location and how she just got into all of this. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast about Lindsay. I am so excited today to have Lindsay Payne in studio. She owns Lindsay's Culinary Market, and we just hit it off immediately when we met. She's amazing, and I wanted to have her talk about her business and her life and kind of your story because I honestly don't know a lot about your story. It's fascinating. (laughs) So tell me some things about yourself. Where did you begin on this journey? I was born here in Athens at Athens General. My mother and father and brothers moved here a long time ago in the 50s and then I came along and I was raised here and my dad worked at the university. He was a very smart man. He was head of the department of microbiology. Wow. So um, we were always having people over. We were always meeting people from all around the world. So I grew up, as I say, spoiled but not rotten. Right. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. Living here in Athens, growing up in Athens, being in a university town is a lot of fun. So your dad was prof- professor? Yes, he was the professor in microbiology. He was like one of the smartest men I ever met in my life. And then he was Dean of Arts and Sciences when I was in high school after I left home. So he was always a smart man. My brother were smart people. My mom was smart people. And then I came along. (laughs) And school was not for me. No. I never was a good student. I never cared for it. I wanted to do other things. I wanted to read books and go places and create and play with my friends and what I wanted to do was cook. I always have wanted to cook. Amazing. Since you were a little girl. Since I was a little girl. I, when I was in fifth grade, my teacher at the time told us to write an autobiography. In my autobiography at 10 years old, I included recipes. I love that. Isn't that hilarious? That's so neat. I think so it the was passion good. was in you, just born in you. Yes. Did I, anyone in your family cook? My mom and I cooked every night, the family dinner, and then we entertained a lot. Like I said, my dad had people in from all over the world coming in to visit microbiologists, scientists, some really people that I didn't understand what they were talking about in the least. I was about to say, I don't know if they were a lively group. (laughs) Not at all. Sometimes they would be if there was enough alcohol involved. (laughs) But I still didn't understand what they were talking about. But I did understand that they enjoyed the food. Mm -hmm. And that was a feeling that I enjoyed, that I liked, that I participated in, something that they enjoyed. That it was something that you can 
give of yourself. So, but when I was coming along, being a chef wasn't, it wasn't something that I knew anybody to do. Right. Yeah. I never heard of that. Right. So we just went to college. Mm -hmm. That was what was the expectation. Right. So that's what I did. Okay. But I wasn't good at it. <laughs> did you go to UGA? I went to Georgia Southern College. Okay. And um, after a year, they asked me not to come back. <laughs> I really was terrible. So I got a job in healthcare. I got okay. a job at a hospital. And that's, I went to school for that. And I became a respiratory therapist. Oh, I didn't know that. So that's what I did for 20 years, over 20 years. I was wow. a respiratory therapist. I worked in hospitals, worked in healthcare. I took care of sick people. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot, and I dealt with a lot of good, good people. Right. But it it takes a toll. Yeah. Dealing with all that. So you were in your 30s at this point? 20s and 30s. 20s and 30s. Yes. And then the year 2000 rolled around, and I was thinking to myself, I don't think I want to do this until I retire. What do I want to do? And a friend of mine was in culinary school, and he said, oh, today I did stocks and sauces class, and we made the best velouté ever. I'm like, I want to do that. Or we were in French cuisine class, and I made veal Oscar, and my chef told me I, mine was the best in the class. I'm like, I bet I could be there. <laughs> my veal Oscar would be better than yours. So on a whim, I applied to culinary school. I was 40 years old. Wow, and I thought, a new life, a second life. I thought, oh, they'll never let me in. And lo and behold, they did. Where's the culinary school? It was Johnson & Wales in Charleston, South Carolina. Nice. I was living in Atlanta at the time, working at a big hospital, Northside Hospital. Had been there for 15 years, loved working at Northside Hospital. But I sold my house, sold my car, took my cats, moved to Charleston, South Carolina. Didn't know a soul, didn't have a job. Just knew I was going to culinary school. Wow. So Took a risk. I did. Yeah. It was the best thing I ever did. I had the time of my life. I never told anybody I was 40 years old because I didn't want to be the old lady in the class. <laughs> I get that. The down, you know, the yeah. Debbie Downer. So I tried to fit in as best I could with the 20-year-old crowd. It was a lot of fun. And then... I just had the best time. I mean, I was where I was supposed to be. And I could finally, I mean, I made great grades. I was on the dean's list every term. I was, yeah. became a teaching assistant. I wow. did not want to leave. You thrived. I thrived. Yeah. That is excellent. It was wonderful. I was like, where has this been all my life? Yeah. I finally found what I wanted to do. It was the time. It was timing and. It was. Because it was actually understood that I needed to study. That if I wanted this to work, I had to learn what they had to teach me. I love that. How long was culinary school? I got a two-year associate's degree in culinary arts. And then I stayed an extra year and got a bachelor's in management. Great. So I finally got my college degree at the age of 43. Wow. Which I want to tell you. people all the time. At 18, you may not know what you want to do. Right. I think there's a lot of pressure on people now. And I was 43. 
and an 18, you don't even know who you are. I you think you do. do. Oh, I thought I knew everything. I was going to go to Georgia Southern College and conquer and... You know, I was expecting the marriage and the three, 2.3 kids and the blah, 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 the white picket fence. That, that didn't happen for me. That just wasn't in my cards. Right. So at 40, when all that was behind me, that's when I thought, I've got to figure it out. i got to figure out this, this yeah. second part of my life. I love it. So here I am. So what happened after culinary school? I had to get some experience, some work experience. So I worked at a golf club, I worked at a vineyard, I worked at a wine shop, and um, during all that time, family issues, my brother got cancer and died, my dad got cancer and died. Mm. So, you know, those things in life that happen. That are heavy and hard to deal with. Yes. Yes. So, um, I was up in North Carolina, up in the boonies, I didn't, I didn't know anybody. I'm not a boonies kind of girl. I need a target. That's <laughs> just all there is to it. I need a target. Um, and so I decided to come home. Yeah. And um, I knew, still knew tons of people here, even though I hadn't lived here, per se, in 20 years. I would always come home, because it's where my family was, my parents were. So I came home. Now, I also thought you went to France and trained in France some. No, I didn't train in France for culinary. I went to Germany and studied wine. Ah, that's what it was. Yes. Getting my facts mixed up. It's okay. <laughs> it was a month-long course that I was able to do through culinary school. Okay. And we were in Germany studying wines. And some days I tasted of 120 wines. Wow. It was incredible. It was intense. <clears throat> it was very exciting. Yeah. But we did travel to France. Yeah. And we got to eat the food and taste the wines. We Because you have a lot of French influence in your food, I think. I do. And yeah. that, I think, comes from culinary school. I think they're very... Because culinary school teaches you French Cooking. techniques. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I picked up on that, definitely. And you have a lot of Southern influences in your food. I do have tons of Southern influence. Because that's what we had growing up. My right. dad's from Tennessee. My mom's from Virginia. I'm from Georgia. It's just inbred in me. Your pimento cheese is the best <laughs> I've ever had it is in my entire life. And your pimento cheese grilled sandwich is literally heaven on earth. It kind of is. Yes. And I've been working on that since I was, say, four years old. Wow. My mom and I would make it with Velveeta cheese, if you can believe Ooh. it. It was not exciting. No. But then we incorporated other cheeses, and even at six, eight years old, we were doing that and trying it. And then finally, this is what it's become. And it is one of our best sellers. It is. It's good. It's so good. It is. And I still eat it. I mean, I've been making it since I was four, and I, yeah. still, I still crave it. Yeah. I still can't live without it. But it's your own recipe. So, it I mean, is. I have, have never been a pimento cheese person. My mom has always made it. It's been good. But it wasn't something that sparked anything and I swear until I had yours and then what is the nut that you put in it it's pecans it's pecans it's just I don't know there's just this like nutty neediness to it that just speaks to me and your tomato soup with your grilled pinanchi sandwich is oh it is can't beat it it's delicious <laughs> that tomato soup recipe was the first thing I ever made in culinary school oh wow and in my class I was making it in my nutrition class 
everybody had to make tomato soup, and mine was the favorite. Oh, so yeah. I still make it that way. I figured it's yeah, it works. It works. It works. It works. So um, tell me about Lindsay's Culinary Market. When did you start that? How did it begin? And you know, how were you? How old were you? Everything. I want to know everything. <laughs> When I moved back to Athens, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to open my own place. In the meantime, my brother had moved back to town and he was farming. Mm -hmm. And we'd been talking for several years. I was in culinary school, he wanted to farm. We were gonna do collaborate in some manner. So what I really wanted to do when I first was looking into it was open a cooking school. Because I had just come out of culinary I can school, see you doing that. And I was so enamored of talking about food and right. teaching people about food. Right. And, and I just think food is so glorious and preparing food is so glorious. And I get going on it and I see people's eyes start glazing over. And I'm like, oh, they might not feel exactly the same way right. about chopping an onion and, you know, finding the perfect peach or right. whatever. Yeah. So... And it's hard to make a living on just cooking, cooking classes. Yes. So I decided, well, I like catering. I've done a lot of catering in culinary school all my life. So, so I'll open a catering business. So I set out to do that and got, found a place, found a kitchen designer, found the architect, found out how much it was gonna cost. And I thought, what if somebody doesn't want me to cater all the time. What if I can't? Right. So the landlord at the time said, well, open a sandwich shop. I said, oh, I can do lunch. Yeah. So he sparked that. I could do lunch and cater. So that's kind of how it came about. It went from cooking school to catering to catering and lunch. And when did you open your first shop? 2007. Okay. On Prince Avenue, that little hole in the wall. Yeah. It was very petite, but I was so proud. I was so excited. And it was, it had been a dream since, this is gonna really date me, but the 80s, there was a, a bunch of cookbooks called The Silver Palette. Mm -hmm. You ever heard of The Silver Palette? Mm -hmm. Well, they were a couple of ladies out of New York and they had a gourmet catering business, a gourmet shop, and that always inspired me. I think I've cooked 90% of those recipes. Those recipes. They I have three it. books. I'm going to have to get this book now. You're going to have to Are the books? You're yeah. Gonna, you're going to have to look into them. Yeah. They're, they're old school now. Yeah. It's a little, but at the time, I thought, I just loved it. I just yeah. wanted that. So that was, I got started, and it, it's hard. It is so hard running your own business. Oh, yeah. I really, I Especially... Like, in the food industry. I really just wanted to cook, but it's so much more. <laughs> Nobody told me. I went and talked to people, and this is a, an aside story. I went to New Orleans. I went to Emerald's restaurant back in the, in the early 90s, and um, I talked to the chef, and I said, I want to be a chef. And the, the gentleman said, no, you don't want to be a chef. It is the hardest thing you'll ever do. Mm -hmm. It is morning to night, mm -hmm. and it's backbreaking. I was like, uh, I, can do I work in healthcare. Yeah, well, you know, come yeah. on. 
But you know, I was like, all right. So then when I became a chef and I started working in my own place, I'm like, oh, that guy was so spot on. It is backbreaking. Backbreaking. You are on your feet constantly. Mm -hmm. But there's all the other things that I didn't know. The business end of the it. The business end of it. Yeah. I don't care for that. No, you're creative. So I yeah. like, so it took me a while to understand that I had to get people to help me. Right. I had to find a good, you know, financial person. Yes. I had to find people that could help me procure the things I wanted to procure. I had to find people help inspire me. So that is a pivotal moment for entrepreneurs. Yes. Is when you've been doing it all yourself and you get completely underwater, whether it's in your finances or it's with a project that you're running, whatever, to say, I can't do it all. And that's really hard for me. This year we broke and we said, we can't do it all. And we started getting outside help a lot. Well, it started like last year actually. And um, we started getting, you know, we got accounting help. We got um, banking help. We transferred banks. We just, we had to get some outside help. Like, but it was, it's a really, it takes you from being kind of a startup, you know, just I'm dabbing in the business to a really professional saying, being able to own that and say, I need someone else to do this. Yes. Yeah. And I, I didn't think anybody else was doing that. I thought all businesses that were self, you know, self-employed or I thought they must be doing it all. And yeah. I'm the only one that's not doing it all. Right. So finally I thought. You oh, feel like a failure a little I bit. I did. Yeah. I thought, yeah. oh, this, I'm not thriving like I wanted to thrive. It was the craziest feeling. And suddenly I'm like, I really can't help what everybody else is doing. I'm, I'm happy if they're able to do all this. And then you get to talking to people and you realize, oh, no, I'm way in the majority. Everybody needs help. Of course. That's why there's CPAs out there. That's, exactly. why there's, that's why these people are there. Exactly. Everybody helps everybody else. I mean, so finally the light dawned. Even, even you, Jade, when... <laughs> I was going to build my new location. People were asking me, well, what's it going to look like? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you did have a vision. I you did have a vision. a vision. Yeah. But I didn't know how to make it happen. Right. Of course. You That's need not, help. Yeah. I mean, you know, I tell everybody this story. When we built our house, it was in the middle of a hundred million things. We're still working 70 hours or more a week. And I hired my mom and I said, well, I didn't pay her anything, but <laughs> I said, please come and be my designer. And she helped me choose everything. And, um, I couldn't have done it without her because I was so overwhelmed. I couldn't make any decisions and I just, I wanted it to be done. I was like, just, let's just get this done. You know? So it, it, it's true. You have to reach that moment where you go, I'm good at, know what you're good at. And cause that's what your business is built on. Exactly. And know what you can outsource. Exactly. Yeah. And I was getting ideas that were not meeting at all what I had envisioned. Mm -hmm. And I knew I had to keep cooking. I had to keep make a living. Yeah. Transitioning from the old spot to the new spot. So, yeah, I had to, I had to make a plan. I had to have help. So what a big transition from your small, normal town space to this very large. Yes. <laughs> I went from 15 seats to 48 seats. That's huge. It is huge. Yeah. And it is the dream. It is the dream. Yes. 
And I think what people don't know about you is how much you do. You cater for schools, preschools. Yes. Every day. Every day. Yes. You do weddings. You do yes. rehearsals. Every event, you have events in the shop, and you also run a shop. I mean, most people just have a shop. They run this restaurant. They close the restaurant. They go home. You do, you're kind of, we're very similar in that way. We want to, because we are creatives, we want to do everything. Exactly. Because it's exciting to go to someone's house and host a luncheon with the ladies. It and it's is. fun. It and is. It's not just working in your shop every day. And I don't think you and I would ever be satisfied just doing one thing, which can lead to a couple of problems. You can string yourself out. And I think you and I both know what that feels like to be strung out. Yes. Constantly. <laughs> um, but... For you and I, I think what I what I love about you so much, it's so much about, it's not just about the food. It's not just about the design. It's about the personal relationships you have with people. And if you ever go to your shop, you are so warm and inviting and you just want to be around you. Like I could sit down and talk to you. What I told Graham this a million times. If you and I ever sat down and drank wine and just talked, we would never stop. You know? I, I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> I agree with that 100%. So and, Graham, watch out. <laughs> So, I mean, I think that that is, is, is what makes it. It's not only how yummy and delicious and soulful your food is, but it's also you. And that's what you bring to, you know, your, Lindsay's culinary market is you. All right, all right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but that's also a hard thing to carry because every day you have to be on. Yes. Well, yes. Every day you have to greet people. Yes. And some days you're like, I don't want to be in the front of the house. I want to be in the back of the house. Yes with no makeup right just working some days i am in the back of the house with no makeup <laughs> me too and then somebody comes in and i'm like oh uh, yes yeah. sorry oh the person you don't want to see when yes. you have no makeup on yes absolutely of comes course. in yeah yes yeah that tall dark and handsome man i've been looking for all my life he's gonna show up when i look like yeah <laughs> he'll probably walk away but that's you know neither here nor there <laughs> So what is your favorite thing about your new location? I mean, what do you love? I mean, the kitchen is amazing. It's big, my, it's yes. beautiful. My kitchen is big and beautiful. I have so much fun going into work because mm -hmm. I have all these people working with me now. And yeah. I work with women. I really, I that's what I do. I employ women. Yeah. And I employ um, a lot of college students. They keep me young. They're hilarious. Yes. Then I have some workers that work with me full time that are godsends. Yeah. Because couldn't do without them. Yeah. And it is just fun to it be there. It takes a team. Oh. It takes a good team. Yes. So for me, the hardest part of running a business is people management. I'm terrible. Uh, communication. I wish that they could read my mind. Right. Why can't they read my mind? They've been working for me now for however many long years. Can't you figure it out? What I say? Uh, and so I always say, be sure I communicate because obviously I'm not sometimes. Right. When it's in my head sometimes and what comes out on the platter or what comes out on the lunch plate, I'm like, hmm, that's not what I envisioned. Let's see if I can leap over to what you're envisioning. <laughs> we can change your vision to my vision. Or, right. So it's, it's quite a challenge every day. It is. Communicating. Communicating is very hard. Yes. And getting everybody on the same page. Exactly. And I think you and I both have a clear vision of what we want. Exactly. And it's very hard to trust 
that others can do that yes and have that communication skill and then just dealing with hours and people not showing up and just expectations and and everybody's not everybody their passion is maybe not the food they're going to school or they're raising their kids or you know they're had a fight with their boyfriend last night or whatever the cause is they might not have their head in the game right well their name's not on the door exactly yeah and people are always like, oh, you did such a you know, a great job. I'm like, I really appreciate it, but you're absolutely right. It takes a lot of people. It takes a lot of people. To make and it talented work. people. Yes. Um, all right, let's talk about some of your, where do you start? So everyone asks me this question. When you, how do you start with a design? You know, and, and I have specific ideas and all of this, but where do you start when you're creating something new or a new dish or you're starting to plan a party? What is your source of inspiration? I, every day, I am inundated from the internet, from cookbooks, from talking to people, from going places and eating and trying things, from, I mean, you can go anywhere and eat and and get inspired. Oh, this ingredient. I'm also lucky because like I said, my brother my brother has a farm. So I get some beautiful fresh produce. Yes. And sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to make this shine. This thing is beautiful. It's fresh. It just came out of the garden yeah. 12 hours ago. It's incredible. Um, I have a farmer who raises cattle and I have beef that's 20 minutes from the shop. Wow. That's pretty exciting. It is. I get lettuce from Bogart, believe it or not. It's beautiful. It lasts. It's delicious. Yeah, you're all about health, like fresh ingredients. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Because they just taste better. They last longer. And you can make really good food Mm -hmm. that tastes better than others, I think. I mean, I don't think you really used anything processed. I try not to. Yeah. I mean, sure, I do sometimes. Yeah, like fill in things. Fill in things, yes. I'll tell you what I've really become enamored of lately is spices. I did not know until somebody walked through my kitchen and saw I have a shelf, a whole cart full of nothing but spices. And I just love figuring out what spice should go with what and how it should could change things and so the mix yes yeah that has been what i've been working with lately i guess Mm -hmm. is playing around with that kind of stuff it's a lot of fun yeah my mom makes a bolognese it's french Mm -hmm. traditional bolognese carrots and um beef and i think she's three types of beef or meat actually Mm -hmm. and she adds a spice i'm trying to think what it is but it totally makes it taste different than anything i've ever had and i know nothing about spices i'm just learning like my my, yeah i'm not i'm not a chef but (laughs) but i do know that i there is a love for me of like wanting to know what goes with this what makes this taste interesting you know how is this different i like anything different me too yeah not the same. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. What is the most rewarding part of your job? The most rewarding is when there's a couple of things. When we're having a good day at the shop and everybody is in sync 
and we are really busy and all the customers are happy and there's no complaints and all the staff is happy and they're working hard, they're working together and it all comes to the end of the day and everybody goes, whew, that was great. Love it. And it happened last Friday. We had a surprise, a bunch of people come in. We were prepared, we were ready. Everybody worked really hard and we had lots of compliments. Everybody just was so happy. I love it. And that made me, that's what it's, the end of the day, yes. hard work. Yes. Yeah. You're not afraid of hard work. No, I work hard. Yeah. But I do. But that, that's okay. Yeah. No, it's a choice. It is. It's a choice. You have to make it work. How many people do you feed a day? Um, probably around 50. In the shop? In the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times we I had a dinner party last night for 25 people at the shop. So then that was 75. Right. Yeah. And then... Today, I have just some people picking up a couple of things for some for some receptions and such around town. So it's every day. Yeah. And even if I don't go into work, I still think about work. Like, yeah. what's happening? <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So we went to a wedding the other day, and we sat there, and it was like, we finally sat down at the reception, and we were having a glass of wine. And Graham just sat there with his mouth open, and I sat there with my mouth open, and we did the strangest thing. We put our hands out like this, like my palms up in the air. But both of us, like not at the, not copying each other, you know, it was just like a natural thing. And he goes, I don't know what to do. Hmm. And I said, yeah, we've been working seven days a week. This is our literally our first rest moment, because we were just going home to sleep, you know, and like pat a kid on the head and <laughs> tell him that it's all, everything's good. Maybe we'll watch a movie. And he said, I just, we're out, we're dressed, we're not working. And he's like, I, I know. And I said, this is, this is called life. <laughs> we're actually having a little bit of a life, you know? I know. How do we find more of that, Jade? It's hard. It is so hard. It is so hard. Because you love what you do. I really do. And I love what I do. So to me, that is life. Yeah. So you just have to have, I don't believe in balance. I don't think there's any such thing as balance, but I think we just have to have more of those like rest moments. Grandma is always getting on to me about rest. He's like, sleep is not always resting because you're up and you're down and I'm up at 3 a.m. and I'm, you know, thinking about something, but rest actually just sitting there. You know, for me, rest is like reading a book. Yes, I read a lot. You do? I do. But I read as opposed to sleep sometimes just to... Just to turn your mind off. Yes. I swear I dream about work and cooking. and So sometimes just to think about something entirely different, I read a book. So. I dreamt that Kate Hudson, who I'm a big fan of, asked me to come on a trip with her and design her house. Awesome. It was a great dream. <laughs> that is. Because she's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And her family's beautiful. And I was like... Maybe I'm thinking that, you know, I want to branch out more and more. And I'm like, oh, I just need to get to the next two weeks before I have aspirations for Kate Hudson, who probably is her own designer. Um, What is something that, you know, you really, what keeps you learning and improving? And what keeps you always expanding? Because, you know, we can get also as creatives, you can get stuck in a rut. Oh, yes, certainly. That is... Hard. I don't I don't know exactly like we're talking about you have to travel you have to try new things you have to meet new people see what they're doing I talk to my customers all the time see what they want and a lot of times they're like 
well, we did this before, let's try something else. Yeah. So I'm always having to constantly think, okay, but I know they like this, so how can I change that to where it'll be something new and exciting? Yes. Um, and new and exciting is hard. New and exciting is hard. But it's also why I do it, do it all. That's why I run a restaurant. That's why I cater. That's why, because I, I want new and exciting. Yes. I don't want to go in every day and make the same stuff. Make pimento cheese, no. No. I love your specials that you do. I mean, you know, I'm always like, oh, I want that, I want that. I mean, you're always trying new things. You yes. really are. Well, it's, I mean, I have to do new specials because I get stuff in that's different all the time. All the vegetables, all the vegetables that are coming in. But also I have to think, okay, well, I have tomatoes coming in. What's something new and creative you can do with tomatoes or squash or something that's every day to so many people, but they want to see it different. Yeah. Sometimes they do want to see it the same. Yeah. So people do like that. They, they like do. the consistency of Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, here's a tough question. Here we go. What do you wish that you had known that when you were starting out? I wish I knew that it would be all encompassing. Mm -hmm. I always thought I could turn it off. I, I don't find that I can turn it off. And I wish I had known earlier to ask for help. Mm -hmm. I wish that I had found people to help me earlier that I trusted and, and, and worked with me. Right. I did have a lot of help. I'm not saying I didn't. I have a lot, I have wonderful family and friends and they of course were very influential and very beneficial and, and spread the word. and. But just professional help. Yeah. Like I talk about financially, like you're talking about just getting mentors for myself. Yes. To help me along the way. Our girl that does, well, she's not a girl. She has a firm. She's a woman <laughs> um, that does our PR for us um, has a business coach. And I was kind of like, well, you know, we don't really need that, you know. And now this past year, I'm like, maybe I need a business coach, you know? <laughs> that sounds awesome. Give me her number. <laughs> exactly. Like, what do you talk about with your business coach? Exactly. And, you know, she can listen to my problems about all the things that we try that don't work and all the things we try that, you know, do work. And then they take too much of my soul and time. And, yeah. Yes. yeah. And also, I, I want to be a better cook. I mean, I think I'm a good cook. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I mean, obviously, I enjoy my own food. And I like to share my food, but I think there's still techniques I need to perfect and and things that I can improve on, yeah. which is something I I want to do. Yeah, every day. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Who's been your mentor? Who's someone that has had a big impact on your life? Um, I talk about my family and friends. I have been very lucky to have um, my brother who owns the farm, and we have talked about joint venturing for a long time and we that's pretty much what we are doing now they're right. farming they're bringing me the goods i'm cooking them and selling them which is something that we talked about a lot in the early 200s yeah. so now in the second decade we're finally making it happen right um so my brother and i he's a smart man too mm -hmm. and um, i listened to his advice my mom is 
can I say she's 92 years old? <laughs> so she has many, many years of life experiences. And then I have tons of wonderful girlfriends that just, I mean, we all come from different walks of life and we all do different things. I have a friend that owns a barber shop downtown. I have a friend that um, is a nurse for 40 years. I have a, a friend that is a salesperson and we all bring such different things to our circle of friendship and it's so fun to get together and hear their woes and you know they listen to mine thankfully and so it's a lot of fun that we can share and 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 they inspire me I mean, yeah I mean other women inspire me absolutely it's amazing and yeah. of course don't get me wrong men inspire me too <laughs> I think that men are out there doing wonderful things <laughs> um, but it's just fun to get together and drink wine and talk about stuff with your girlfriends and oh yeah and decompress and then oh yeah and then go out there with a new sense of purpose and what is the expression if you heard everyone else's problems and they threw them down the table you'd pick yours right back up something like that I don't, I don't remember the expression I'm not sure but that's what those moments give me. I hear like my girlfriends going through things and they sound really hard and challenging and I've got huge very challenging things to deal with myself, but I'm like, I'm okay with my, I'm okay with mine. <laughs> I, I, can, I can get through this. I can get through this. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Everyone goes through stuff. Of course. A business owner, everyone, and what I like about this podcast and what this podcast is telling me is that everyone kind of goes through exactly the same thing. Yes. As an entrepreneur. And you feel kind of alone sometimes. It is amazing. And I don't know why. Why do we feel alone? Why do we internalize it so much? I don't know. It's crazy. Because we're scared. We're yes, intimidated. Intimidated. It's an ego thing, probably. Probably. Um, but, and also, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, I don't know about you, but there's not much social time. It's really not. I mean, you try to have social with your clients and social with your friends, but really until the end of the day, you want to go home and put your feet up. I think it can be, can leave you a little lonely. Very lonely, and I absolutely agree. I have some friends, and they text each other all the time. They know each other, what each other are doing. And I have one friend that I contact, and I say, tell me what everybody's doing, because I don't have time to listen to everybody. <laughs> I have to just come home and not listen to some people for a little yes. while. Yes, yes. But I really want to keep up with my friends. Oh, I love my friends. Exactly. Yeah. But I can't. But know. my friends are definitely, almost all of my friends are entrepreneurs. Yes. So if I cancel on them, they don't care. Right. They're like, good, I'll see you soon. I love you. There's no issue. I have a girlfriend right now who I've canceled on twice in a week. Yes. And she's like, it, it's not a problem. If I, if I have some of my other friends who are not entrepreneurs, and I, I love all my girlfriends, but they're like, well, I made this appointment to be with you. And I'm like, uh-uh. I mean, if I'm going to cancel, it's for good reason. Right. Believe me, the most, the number one thing I want to do is meet you. But if I just physically or emotionally can't, right. you don't want me there anyway. That's right. <laughs> Jade, I have had so many, in the, since I've owned my business, my friends have had to put up with so much. Yeah. I mean, I, um, okay, I booked a vacation. Everybody took off work. I had the wrong week. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. It was the next week, not the week I told everybody. So you had to cancel? So everybody had to go to their boss and say, um, I can work. <laughs> some people, I mean, some, we just literally had to wipe that vacation off the books. Oh. It was horrible. This vacation I'm planning in May. 
got in touch with the travel agent. Let's leave on Saturday. I can't leave on Saturday. It's all about me. Right. And everybody's like, okay, let's let's leave on Sunday so Lindsay can be with us. You have to have understanding friends. Thank you, friends. friends. Yes. <laughs> understanding <laughs> friends. I think that's yes. the key to entrepreneurship. Yes. Um, so what's next for you professionally and personally? Professionally, I just want to grow the market part of my business, mm-hmm. the retail part. Mm-hmm. And that's something I always thought I would do on my own. I would make my own retail goods. I would make everything. I'm finding I can't do that. No. So I have started incorporating other people. Yeah, there. Yes, it's so fun. And I want people to come in and um, have stuff that I did make, but then stuff, items that other people have yeah. made as well. Locally yeah. sourced items. And it's so exciting to meet other people trying to do the same thing. Exactly. They're just selling different things. Yeah. And I can help out in that way. I can yeah. help them sell their stuff. A- absolutely. It's, it's fun. Yeah. And it makes the shop interesting to come in and browse around. And it's a market. It says market because I thought I was going to sell produce. Mm-hmm. But I do sell some produce when I get it, if I have it, if I don't use it. Otherwise, I sell kitchen stuff. And, and I really want to grow that part. Yeah. Because I think that's fun. Yes. And then I want to make some things because I'm going to retire on fermented cheese and chicken salad. Good for you. <laughs> I know. Good for I'm you. Get it out there. You've got to get your chicken salad and fermented cheese out there. I think so. Yeah. I think the world. You will be cannot good. find anything it's like so it. Good. It's so good. I know. So and that you know I'll retire on that. But in the meantime, I got I have to keep. I want to know about more ethnic cuisines and. I got to talk about them. I'm all about the spices and see how the spices can be used in different food groups. And well, so I'm planning a trip to Morocco. Oh, girl. so let's go. Let's go. Yeah, it's gonna be for. I mean, it could be for both of us a business trip because I want to. I've always wanted to go to Morocco. I think that would be a fabulous place to go. Yes. Very inspiring. Yes. For design and food. And food. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I've got a hookup. Oh, of someone who takes you through and shows you like the markets because I, I feel like it could be overwhelming I agree so let's plan that trip okay I'll go good yes I'm in yeah Moroccan food is delicious yes. and, and I, their spices yes exactly incredible yes so what about personally personally I I don't know I want to travel more I want to entertain more I want to keep my girlfriends and all my friends happy. I want to keep all my employees happy. Um, personally, I just want to hang out. Yeah. Get to know me, you know, as far as not cooking me. Yeah. I'm not sure who that is. Wow. I know. I love that. So, yeah. And then eventually, I'm going to have to not have a shop. I mean, you know, I have to figure that out. I'm getting closer to that. <laughs> you just opened your new shop. <laughs> well, I mean, it's 10 years down the line, but... Planning. You're planning. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's, it's eventually going to happen. No, I've started to think about that, too. I'm, I'll be 42 this summer, and I one of my goals is to grow new talent. It's no longer just... Yes. It can't be about me and my designs anymore, just solely. First of all, the business is telling me that anyway, but I really want to invest in new talent. Yes. And grow new talent. And um, I think that's going to be a full-time job. Um, but I think it is something that 
would is really exciting too. That would be exciting. So, yes. Yeah. And I would love that. I would love to to teach more cooking classes. Yes. I love to talk about food. Yeah. And I love people to be interested in food and you're gonna have to have food in your life forever and ever. So mm-hmm. you better come figure out what to do about it. Yeah. Well, it's like I was telling you before we started the podcast about Charlotte. She wanted to have a dinner party last night for her birthday to serve everyone. Yes. Because that's what she loves most, and she loves her food. Yeah. She said, I can't go out and get what I can make. Yes. Anywhere else. So I would rather make something I love and have all my friends over and host them. She wouldn't even let me serve last night. She just wanted to do it herself. And That's awesome. I did the same thing. Did you really? On my 60th birthday, I did. I had You were 60? Yes. Oh, yes. I had no idea. That's what I'm talking about. I only got 10 years left. <laughs> be so I thought you were like 45, 50 oh, no, max. I did. I know. I've been around a long, a long time. So, yes, for my 60th birthday, I had all my friends in, and I have a, a friend, and he loves to cook as well, and he was turning 60, and I said, let's just throw our own birthday party, and we'll cook whatever we want to cook. Yes. And if they want to eat it, they can, and they did. All oh, our yeah. friends came and they ate very well. What'd you make? Well, I cooked octopus. I had never cooked octopus before. Wow. I know. I just thought, hmm, we'll do it. Let's do it. And um, I made um, I made some other things. And then my friend made all kind of stuff that he didn't know how to cook before. And so we were in the kitchen together playing trying and, and yeah. trying things. And it was a lot of fun. Amazing. Yes. So I, I recommend that. Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. You don't? <laughs> I'm not going to cook. I'll come cook for you. Okay, birthday. okay. You can I promise. I'll I will set the table. I will Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte and I will cook for your birthday. We'll have a, Charlotte and I would have fun in the kitchen. I know. I Y'all need to get together. I think so, too. Yeah, she loves trying new things, mm-hmm. you know? And I think especially, too, like, she has a lot of allergies. And so especially making your own stuff and knowing... And she's a stickler for fresh. Like right. she doesn't use any processes or as little, little, little as possible. Exactly. You know, I always used to say she served three meals a day when I was growing up. Yes. I I just toss a Nutri-Grain bar in the morning to the four girls and like I just get out. The door. I mean, I just can't. On Saturdays and Sundays we do a breakfast, but right. I don't know how you do all that stuff. I don't know either. <laughs> those are those are women that I can't even aspire to. I don't even understand that. That like, my girls were getting, when they spent two weeks with her at this time, they got, all of them got different breakfasts. I was like, this is ridiculous. So you make one breakfast, and they all get it. She said, well, Reagan likes egg sandwiches, and Grace wants, and I was silly, but. That's awesome. It's from her heart. Of course it is. That's what that's, cooking is. That's grandmother. Yeah. Grandmothers do. Yeah. Yes. And serving people, and filling their bellies, and filling their soul, because it's so much more to a meal yes. than just the food. It can be. Yeah. yeah. And that's what you do. I try. And that's what I love. I try. I'll try harder. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being here with me today. Thanks for having me. Thank you to Lindsay for being on the podcast today. I had a great time with her. She is just a warm, intelligent, funny spirit to be around. And if you go to her shop, you will definitely have some delicious amazing home-cooked fresh food she does great catering I have her cater a lot of our events um, both personally and for the business 
and her shop is located on 520 North Thomas Street in Athens. Her website is lindsaysculinarymarket.com. She's open Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, and Saturday, 10 to 2. So be sure to check her 